Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian and the Blues, they've shocked me. I cannot believe it. They have had a massive 50-point win over Port Adelaide. We've ended their 12-game win streak. It's our first real scalp of the season. And it's just, I guess, to dominate Port Adelaide in the manner that we did, the second-ranked team in the competition right now. It, it was incredible. Honestly, just... Didn't believe it. And look, due to my poor organizational skills, I'll say this right now, it's going to be a solo pod from me. But if you do want to hear me talk about this big win with some others, I was actually on the BA show over on the Blue Abroad YouTube channel with the great Terry Degani and Pommy and Oz. So if, you, if you're not sick of my voice somehow and you want to hear more, head over to, yes, the Blue Abroad YouTube channel. A link's going to be in the show notes. Check that one out. It was really great to chat about them, about this game, where things sit. And it's always a laugh. So yes, Blue Abroad YouTube channel. I'm sure you already subscribe and listen over there, but it was a good chat. And yeah, where things sit, that's that's kind of it, you know? Last week, I think the question was, are the Blues back? And, and this week, it, I guess it kind of feels as if the question is no longer that. We've answered it. It's what's the limit of this season? Just how far can we go? Because honestly, you look at the last four weeks, we put in some great performances, 100%, but the question that still kind of clouded everything, all the wins was, it's only Gold Coast. It's only Hawthorne. Yeah, you beat Frio, but they're not in good form. They're not a top eight team. What have you done? And, you know, even though we're kind of dominating these teams, like we demolish them. And I've never really seen us do that before. We haven't really beaten those kind of teams in the manner that we have. And, I guess the issue with that is, have we beaten a contender? No. And that's it. We haven't had that big scalp so far. And I think I said last week on the pod that, you know, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed with everything so far. But I need that one big win against that real finals team, against that premiership contender until I was really going to completely buy into, yep, this is the new Carlton. And, you know, as the week progressed, I get a little bit more confident. I see that Port have got a couple of outs. And, yeah, I think you really do start to think that maybe we've got them at the right time. Maybe we can get this win. And, yeah, I guess that's maybe the question mark over this win now. Oh, Port had seven outs. So let's address that because something I had on my run sheet that I really wanted to go through because, okay, no Charlie Dixon. Well, we lost Harry in the game, I'd say that's potentially much worse. They don't have Horn Francis. We didn't have Kennedy. That's at least even, if not again, worse for us. They didn't have Rioli, a good small forward for them. We didn't have our best small forward in Matt Owies, our best small forward this season. So again, I'd say for me, that's even. They didn't have McKenzie down back, but they brought in their captain. We, I guess, if you're going to try and compare that, we didn't have Pitto, our best Ruckman. We bring our second best Ruckman in. We, we have, you know, JSOS being that, that, that second to deconing. But I don't know, maybe they edge us out slightly in that one. But again, I think it's close. And apart from that, you look at Port. Who, what, what did they do? They then dropped, and I need to repeat that, dropped. It was their choice. They omitted Burton, Narkel, and then they replaced Hayes with Lysette. A better Ruckman. And added Dersmer in. So to me, both teams had massive outs. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not the exact same team that Port have 
had this massive win streak too, but it's not like we've been incredibly healthy. So I think it's, it's incredibly ridiculous to have this thought of, oh, Port had all these outs, so the win means nothing. Because even if you accept the fact that Port have these outs, you know, accept the whinging, fine, no worries. I'm sorry, but a team second on the ladder, <laughs> I don't care how many outs they have, they shouldn't be losing to a team outside the top eight by 50 points. So yeah, I think that that's bullshit, to be honest. I'm sure you guys listening or watching think the same thing. I think this win was massive. You know, to show to me at least that those three wins weren't a flash in the pan. We did it against a tough opponent who was in form. You know, we showed that we can perform it now. We can win big. This is enormous. This is something we haven't done. We haven't had our scalp so far this year. You can maybe say Geelong, but they weren't in great form. This is this is massive. And and I think something that's also getting maybe swept over is the fact that Port needed to win that game of football. If you look at their upcoming fixtures, I've got what Collingwood, and then I think it's the showdown against Adelaide. They would have one hundred percent gone into this game thinking, "Yeah, Carlton, that's the one we can bank. We they've beaten no one. Who gives a shit about them? This is the game. This we win this, we can bank it, and then out of the next two, maybe you split it and you take one out of the next two. But Carlton's the win, winnable game. <laughs> Guess what? Cop it, absolutely cop it, and. So I think you can't just say that they had outs. I just think that's stupid. But it, for me, it wasn't just that we won this game of football. It was all about the way we won. That is the conversational piece, as I, as I alluded to. You know, we dominated them 50 points. That is ridiculous. Second on the table. And we really just controlled just about everything. You know, it, it was... We sort of kept them at arm's length for the whole game. We never really gave Port Adelaide a sniff, which... Is ridiculous. I don't think we've controlled a game and had a four-quarter performance of this caliber. And the, the collective effort intensity that we brought to almost every facet of this game was what almost impressed me so much. And you know, going through it, I was I was nervous early on. How many times has this team dominated a first quarter and not put it on the scoreboard? And, and I love that from us, this game. Not that not, the not putting it on the scoreboard, but I thought we came out strong. The pressure was up. We put Port under the under the pump. They were turning over the ball. We were able to intercept and create more rebounds, create more inside 50s, but we were unable to put it on the scoreboard and, and went, what, into quarter time, 10 points up. And I thought we really deserved a, a much bigger lead. There's so many times with Carlton I've seen – I almost get run over in the in the second quarter after really having these dominance early. And you just wonder, even now, we've had a few good wins, but coming up against Port Adelaide, they're a better team. They're going to come back out and maybe we're going to rue the decisions that uh, the opportunities that we didn't maybe take. And so that was an interesting, I guess, to, to really to look at. And then on top of that, Harry Mackay. He goes down with his knee, and you're not sure how we're going to handle this. You know, we've already had a bit of a lack of height in there. Deconing's our ruckman. Sauce is that second ruckman. Are we going to be able to control that game and play how we want to play and how we've played the last few weeks without Harry in that team? It was a big question mark going into the second quarter, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> that second term, this is the type of surge that we saw last year that's been missing so much in season 2023 
what we piled five goals on in the first six minutes. And then not long later, we kicked the sixth, make it six goals in the quarter in nine minutes. It's just absolutely unheard of. It was like from that moment, the game was done. We blew Port Adelaide out of the water. They were shell-shocked. And then I think another component that was so impressive was the end of that quarter. Port started to wrestle back the momentum a little bit. I think we missed Harry a little bit having that outlet kick, but there was the professionalism in the way that we absorbed their pressure. We only ended up conceding two goals from that term. And yeah, going back to it, like <laughs> the end of that quarter, it, it, it did make me a little bit worried, made me kind of feel like the game maybe wasn't completely done. And yeah, maybe again, that's to do with that Harry piece of not having that outlet, that guy working high up the ground. I sort of wondered if we did end up losing momentum for a longer period on this game, how would we react and would we be able to keep holding on? But again, wow, third quarter stuck the knife in, you know, he came out hot again, kicked the first three goals in the first 10 minutes, put the game to bed. And I keep using the word impressive, but that's, that's what it was because just another massive highlight of this whole performance was our 12th goal of the game came from Charlie Kerno. 12th goal of the game. And obviously Harry had been injured, but he hadn't kicked a goal up until that stage. And that was the first goal from Charlie, which meant the first 11 goals of this game were all from not Charlie and not Harry, the guys that we've relied upon up forward for the whole season. And it feels like at stages we've been almost too blind to these guys. And for us to have 11 goals and none of them be from our big twin towers, it just shows that we've now got so many more outlets inside 50 and it's just another layer I think that clearly the way we are playing the way we're moving the ball we're working for each other creating so many scoring opportunities so much space inside 50 that the pace at which we're moving directly through the corridor cutting teams open it's creating a whole range of opportunities for so many different players in our forward line and yeah, it just as well on top of that, it almost felt like any time Port then did get themselves almost back into the game that they'd kick a couple of goals and, you know, we're Carlton supporters. We're nervous. We don't know if they're going to go on and kick another bunch and make the, the game back into a, a 50-50 contest. But every time that Port threw something at us, put two or three goals together, bang, straight away we answered with one ourselves. And that's something good teams do. I haven't seen us do that. Haven't seen us do that to an opposition, and that, and that must hurt if you if you put your Port Adelaide cap on to feel like you're maybe getting a little back into this contest. Maybe you can wrestle something back, just bang straight away, hold them at arm's length, and say no, we're controlling this game of football. Uh, that must be so tough. And then you look at that last quarter, we again bury them. We start that last quarter with the first four goals, and it was just yeah, complete annihilation. From the Blues, it was just, I mean, I'm just smiling. I'm so happy to see this performance. We've had such a such a shit year for so much of it. To turn it around, to then have this performance with so much pressure again. Okay, now you play Port Adelaide. Well, you got to beat them to prove it. We do it. And, you know, so the question's raised now. Is this the new Carlton? Is this what we need to expect from now on? And... It's honestly so hard to answer, but it's so hard to say no. Because, look, well, I said, I think we needed this big scalp. We needed a big win against a contender to truly believe. I guess there are still – there's a big part of me that wants to see 
if we can do this and get the win when our backs are really against the wall, you know, when an opposition truly tests us, we're trailing in a game, we're under pressure, can we turn that around and get the victory? And, and weirdly, and not to be too negative on this, but until we see that kind of performance, I think I'm still going to have doubts. But when you analyze that and in saying that, it's so hard to question this team right now because the way in which we are playing and performing, we're not allowing teams to pressure us or really challenge us because we're taking the game away. We're kicking three or four goals in a row, defensively setting up perfectly, transitioning the ball so quickly and just the, every single facet of the game is working so well for us that teams can't get into the contest. And I just seeing the the way that this game is seemingly based off this pure work rate, this selflessness, and and that's through the, the pressure, the ability to cover the ground. We're winning, and that's whether that's winning the ball, creating an option, running back defensively, creating space for another team member, team <laughs> teammate, the bumps, the shepherds. It's all of this, and 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 we're doing that rather than the, this spike in form coming from a new coach like we've seen sometimes, and. That's just a flash in the pan or, you know, it's an individual, it's a cripper, 40 possessions and, and four goals that's getting us over the line. This isn't that. This is repeatable because you can repeat every facet of this. It is just, oh, it's incredible to see. I just feel like I'm saying the same thing on that because for it to be based off this work rate, this teamwork, that's you, you can do that every single game. And now it's kind of just up for these players to create this new standard. It's not luck. It's pure hard work. And that's that's what I've really just been impressed on. And that works against any opposition. The way we're hounding and, and gang tackling. And it's, it's the little things. And the crowd is what I love. The noise was incredible at Marvel. And we weren't just celebrating the goals. It was the spoils, the smothers, the – it's – Jasos one on three, getting the ball and bringing it down to ground and creating a contest. It's it's Weedering, it's um, McGovern, Kemp, anyone in the back line, Newman, where they're outnumbered and they're bringing it again down to a contest. They're, they're making it a stoppage, making it a throw-in. And these are the things that we're standing up and applauding because we have not seen it and we can, we can see the effort these guys are putting in and we want to show our appreciation and gratitude towards it. And I love that part of us as fans that – it's the little things that we're getting excited about and that we're kind of really giving back to them. And yeah, we're kind of back to playing that, that hard footy that we saw last year, you know, and it's, it's that bossy hard footy that he wanted to play. He wanted to play physical. And now we've almost built on these defensive layers to it. And all of a sudden we've got these better forward movements, the runnings there, the cohesions there. And yeah, it's, it's, it's everything's seemingly perfect. I think that question there lying into it all again is can we do this when the chips are down? You know, we've, we've these kind of games, this last run of form, we've started these games really well. We almost jumped teams to a degree. We haven't really been in that position of, of being down in these games. And I believe we can do it. But I think that that's the last layer that we need that I need to see anyway before I'm 100% convinced. But I want to know your guys' thoughts. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop your thoughts on where are we now? Is the lid completely off? The Blues are back. What are you thinking? Is this the new Carlton? Drop it in the comments. 
if you're listening wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you follow firstly. Uh, and then or, and head over to the socials at Navy Blue Corner. Let me know your thoughts. Send us a DM, tweet at us, whatever you want to do. Comment on a post. I'll get the notification. I'll make sure to respond because I'm keen to hear how everyone else is sitting, whether you're 100% believe it without a doubt or whether you still do have some doubts because, you know, some may say it's silly to think like this and not just completely buy into it all. You know, stop you worrying. Don't stop worrying about the trauma of past years. But I don't know. I, I feel like you can still enjoy the wind. You can get sucked into it all and believe and be like, yes, we're playing finals where this is the new Carlton, but still not get ahead of yourself and still not, you know, still see the little things that we need to improve on and still believe that there's questions that need to be asked. And I don't know, it's a weird balance. We've kind of got ourselves into this position again, where realistically we can play finals footy. And, you know, that was the target at the start of the year. It's honestly still the target right now. And yeah, it's that frustrating part that, that question is still there until we make the top eight. Until we play finals, there's doubts. And I don't really enjoy talking like that because I just want to sit there and enjoy and bask in the glory of the game and, and everything. But it's kind of still there. Unless we get the job done and make finals this season, there's always going to be question marks on this team and on this group. Um, but yeah, in talking about this game, I obviously need some help from you guys. So like every single week, all our listeners, I ask for your questions on Twitter. And look, if you want your questions answered, pretty easy. Jump over at Navy Blue Corner on Twitter. I chuck it out every single week after the game, asking for your questions. If you're not on Twitter, jump on another platform as well. Get in to contact with us, send in your questions wherever whatever social media platform you use at Navy Blue Corner and you, you know, follow us to stay up to date. You don't miss anything. Uh, but the first question here, let me read this one. It comes from Breezy and also Julian David Rose. They asked a similar question. It was basically when was the last time that we played four quarters of footy like today? Um, pressure, quality and commitment were there all game. And yeah, I think that probably kind of says it all. I'm not sure I have seen us play four quarters like that. I definitely cannot remember it. And, you know, even last year, you reflect on our best games of football. It was there in patches. You know, we had a quarter where we'd blow a team away or maybe it was two quarters, but there was always a quarter or two where the other team had the dominance and piled things on. And it just wasn't this complete four-quarter performance. And, yeah, right now it just feels like there's so much growth from what we saw last year and particularly when you look at our best because our best feels maybe this is weird to say, but it feels more consistent throughout a game of football. We haven't seen our best long enough this year. It's been, what, four games? And obviously kind of says it all, but when we have seen it, when we have played our best, we've shut out teams and not let them back in. Whereas last year, that was the question mark. So yeah, I, I, to answer the question, I don't think I have. And I think that that's such a big, mature thing so far. May Long may it continue. Uh, the great Timmy Dub asks... Is it a coincidence that the disposal range between the lowest and the highest has been much narrower since we have got to onto this winning streak? Have we finally got rid of the individual brilliance disease? Um, yeah, great man's kind of nailed it and asked a great question. I think you can just look straight away at Port and, and look at a Dan Houston as what? 40-odd touches, and, and he was good. Don't get me wrong. He had a big influence on the game to a degree, but you look at us. We, we didn't have to rely on those individuals. 
were finally spreading the workload. Multiple guys were kind of really getting involved, playing as a team. And that just, it's going a long way. This selflessness and this ability to work for each other. You know, I really believe that that's been probably the biggest driver in the, in the factor, biggest driving factor, I guess, is the way I want to say it in the change that we've seen over the past month. You know, it's the smothers. It's the relentless pack mentality. And it's not just been defensively. That's probably the area I've been most impressed with because that intensity is something Lockie and I always talk about that we, we haven't seen enough of. This coming out from the start of the game and keeping that intensity there for every single second of the game. It seems to come in waves, but, you know, that's there now for the four quarters. But it's also this attacking style. We're moving the ball so much better than we ever have. There's more options inside 50. Goes back to the 11 goals without Harry or Charlie kicking one yet. That's that's massive. And that's the selflessness of everyone working together finally cohesively as a unit. There's been a massive buy-in, really. And I think you have to believe that there's been conversations about you know, do you want to win all these individual awards or do you want to win a grand final? Do you want to win a premiership? The way to do that is to not worry about getting a kick yourself, not worrying about you running into space to mark the ball and kick a goal because that may not be the best team thing. Maybe you've got to put on a shepherd. Maybe you have to run into other space to let Charlie have the shot on goal. And I think that there had to have been something like that that's gone on behind the scenes that's that's led to this. But um, no, great question, Timmy. Uh, we've got one from Talbot Henry asking, have things finally clicked for us? And he gives reference to... A long list of guys, I guess, currently playing for contracts um, or even their careers and wants to know if that's been a big factor in why things are clicking and why we're playing good footy. And it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting perspective. I really like that one. Uh, it's definitely having an effect for sure. You've got, you know, guys like Fogarty, guys like Cunningham, Gov, Newman, TDK, Sosa. There's plenty of guys out there that are, you know, out of contract, but I've, if you're nailing down to a few, I'd probably say it's the, the Cunningham, the Fogarty, and even Martin, if you want to throw it into that, who's been you know, out of form out of this 22th injury and other reasons. But I think that they've changed the functionality of this forward line. And personnel for me has probably made a big difference. It's been one of those big factors um, in sort of the, the ability for us to move the ball a different way. And have guys like the, the, the tackling pressure Fogarty again this week off the charts. Martin's hounding everything and going at 100 miles a minute in that forward line, trying to, if he's not chasing and tackling, he's getting his hands on the football and trying to make something happen. And that's definitely made a big difference. But again, I think it just goes back to that collective buying and the work rate that's kind of making things shift. Because we've had such a, a good defensive system, I think, in place for the year, it's just been that the ball movement wasn't there. We were moving it too slow. We didn't have that sharp movement. And now all of a sudden, that's just, it's like it's clicked. It's something shifted because we're moving the ball with ease. We're scoring from transition, scoring from turnover. Our damage from stoppage has come back as well. It's just like everything across the board is lifted. So, I don't know if it's necessarily just because guys are playing for their careers. I think it has to have been deeper than that to see this collective bind from everyone else. And I feel like that maybe would be in a way a selfish thing of them playing for their careers. And maybe I'm wrong in that, but I feel it, it's been more a want to be a team and want to win. And, and whether you end up getting a contract because you're part of that, that doesn't matter. 
it's doing it for the group to win rather than anything else. Um, but really great question. I, I enjoy that one. Um, and then basically to wrap up the questions, there was a lot asking about Harry. Harry's a big topic after the win. Some asking whether we look better without him. Some saying, how do we replace him? And it's tough because I think we definitely do need him, firstly. I want to put that there. He, But I was, in, I was impressed, actually, and if you look at it the other way, with how we played without him. Kept things simple. I think Gary Lyon sort of said that on the telecast, and it, it really rang true because the way Charlie and Sauce worked their asses off to get to the contest, to bring the ball to ground. And then you saw our smalls really have to step up and they worked so hard, got their hands dirty, feasted on the on all the ground balls. And it resulted in so many goals for us. Like Motlop, I want to touch on him later, but he was exceptional at that, doing just that. Um, so I was impressed with how we went about it. But I do think we need that tall target in Harry. We missed his work high up the ground at certain stages where I think Port started to get a little bit on top. We probably missed that outlet. And it's just something we can't really replace. We don't have that in the squad. And for me, if we're looking at replacing right now because he's injured for, what, six to eight weeks, potentially the whole year, there's two options I think at the moment I have. I haven't really thought it ridiculously through. So help me out in the comments. Help me out at Navy Blue Corner. What do you guys think is the best thing to do? That Harry, but my two options are basically one is to go small. So bring in another, what is it? Maybe a high half forward, add to that mix, diversify that forward line, keep it with sauce, TDK, and, and obviously Charlie down there being that rotating tools uh, and bring the ball to ground for the smalls to feast on and trying to play it that way. The other option is probably to bring in a Lewis Young, which don't love. He'd be mainly forward being that other target because I don't know. Some people are bringing out the, do you swing Gov forward? I don't like it technically, or I guess personally, not technically, because I just don't think I want to change too many of the elements that are working really well right now. And Gov's been playing some exceptional football in this really good patch of footy for us for the last month down back. So I really don't want to change that. And I want to keep him in defense because he's playing well. So what do you do? We don't have that another tall option. Lemmy's not ready. Pitt's probably not ready to come back in. I don't know. I feel like the small option is kind of the best thing we can do, but there might be instances where we need a, a taller marking option, and, and maybe that's where Lewis Young can come in, help with the ruck. I don't know. They're not amazing options, but it's kind of all we can do, and it's, again, down to that collective to make things happen for us. Um, but, yeah, those are the fan questions. Thanks so much for, for reaching out um, and sending those through. Love them every single week. Make it so much easier for me to do a solo pod when I've got you guys there helping me. Um, yeah, let's go to my votes. Let's go to the votes. Again, I want your guys' votes. If you're watching on YouTube, drop them in the comments. Head to social media. If you're listening to this in podcast form, at Navy Blue Corner, Lock, you'll be happy with the amount of plugs. Hopefully in this episode... But the votes, I gave one to Paddy Cripps. He probably started off a little quiet in this game. Thought he lifted, though, when we definitely did need him. And it goes again to just, it's the small things. It's the smother. I, I'm not sure I've seen too many Paddy Cripps smothers, but I love that. And the tackling, that one at the start of the last quarter, it was, and the commentary said statement, and that's it. Set the tone for that last quarter. End up kicking, you know, I think it's the first four goals of that quarter again. And it just, bang. That just shows you that we're not stopping. That intensity is going to be there. It's 
probably stiff to miss a couple of shots on goal. There was one where he was sort of running and streaming across um, near my wing onto the half forward and it was it would have been a magical moment if he slotted that because my whole wing, everyone was half out of their seats ready to celebrate. He misses and maybe he would have got the two if he did nail that. Um, but no, I absolutely love Paddy Cripps here. Absolute captain's performance. Stepped up when we needed. Uh, the two votes I gave to Nick Newman. He's been just unbelievable this year. His intercept work was phenomenal. I loved him pushing higher up the ground and trying to create a little bit more for us, moving the ball. He was just everywhere. And, oh, my God, he got a rare goal. And firstly, I need to say, Chinkotta, that's your goal. That desperation spoil sums up everything that we did in the game. If I was to find one passage of play that summed up that game, that's it. He has no right getting to that. But he does, gets the spoil. Newman pounces. Yeah, but love Newman's game. He gets the two. And the three votes goes to, of course, Jack Silvani. Sauce, he's just, yeah, wow. I've been so critical of him this season and even maybe last season. And I'm so happy he's currently proved me wrong. I could not be happier about it. Um, he, he just did everything. He was everywhere. He worked hard in the ruck for us. And as soon as Harry went down, he had a massive, massive task, I think, for us. Has to go down forward. Has to bring the ball to ground and make the contest. And it was unbelievable. Kicks four goals. Does the job amazingly. Is an option for us. It's crumbing. Literally the best game I've ever seen from Jack Silvani. And he's having such a ridiculous patch of football in the ruck, down forward. I'm just so happy that he's proved me wrong and long may that continue. Sauce gets the three, but let me know your votes. I'm keen to hear about it. Um, how long have I been running? 32 minutes. It feels like a short review episode here by myself. Maybe it last longer with some more people, um, but I'll get some guests on next week. Don't you worry. Again, it's all my fault that I uh, have maybe got this one a little bit short, but head over to the Blue Abroad YouTube channel to hear me chat with Pommy and Tez. It was a good chat. Uh, but really, other than the ones I've mentioned, I need to mention Motlop. I need to mention Motlop. Comes in for always in Nick Digan style, eating the bloody who knows what in the stands, not thinking he's getting a game. All of a sudden, always down in the warm-up, mate, you're playing. And he just, for me, Motlop doesn't have to be that guy that gets high disposals, obviously being that small forward. He just, he needs to make an impact with the little chances that he does get. And boy, did he do that against Port. Four goals, 10 disposals. Um, I was impressed. He, he stayed a lot closer to goal and he crumbed when we needed to. Been critical that he's been too high at the ground this year. We needed these smalls to put in the work when the ball hit the ground and he was there every time. And he had that just one patch where he just kicks all these goals in like 10 minutes of footy and you're going, wow, like what is this guy? He's still so young. Was out of form a little bit earlier this year. Goes into the twos, which is not a bad thing. Gets his hands on the footy. Gets some form back. Gets some confidence back. And then gets thrown in. Gets an opportunity he maybe wasn't expecting. And takes it with both hands. I absolutely loved Motlop's game. And it's just another glimpse, I think, of, of what we can see from this guy. Because he's not going to do this every single week. But if he can just have these glimpses. Because I just think about... Uh, you know, St. Kilda game last year, the, the Collingwood game where out of nothing, this guy can create goals. He's a spark. He's got that in him. So to see him do that when we needed more from the smalls because Harry was down and we needed other options was incredible. Massive shout out to Motlop. 
not easy jumping in late notice. So yeah, it was it was absolutely massive. Um, but I could I could go through literally every single person on this list if I needed to, but the pod would go for about seven hours. Um, but no, I just thought that I just really want to highlight that tackling pressure that they brought. Um, let me see my notes here. What, 67 tackles? It was two more than Port had, which is ridiculous considering how much we dominated this game. 11 tackles inside 50, just impressive. Everything about this was impressive. And I think it's really clear to me now that if we bring this effort that we've been showing in these last four weeks, then maybe this is the reward that they're needing to show that when you bring this effort, you bring this intensity, look what happens. Like this is the first time I've seen, and, and maybe this is just, this is, maybe this is stupid. Maybe it's something I haven't noticed a lot of, but every time they pan to the bench, I was seeing guys that looked gassed, like they couldn't come on for another 20 minutes because they were so tired from the running and the energy that they've put in to every single contest. But that's what it takes. And if we do this for four quarters, like we have been, mate, we can beat anyone. We've just beaten the second best team in the competition. And you can say they had outs, but we beat them by 50 points and they were never in this contest. You know, can we do it again? Can we do it for the rest of the season? So we're going to find out. And all you can do is beat who's in front of you and to have these performances and do it the way you've been doing and now get this confidence from it that, holy shit, we can beat anyone and they're the second best team in the comp and look at what we just did. You know, we can make this season ours, finally. Finally. And, you know, you can be nervous a little bit like me, a little bit apprehensive about maybe completely buying in and saying that there's still a few things I need to see, but... Again, I just I think you can kind of do both. And there's nothing wrong with the people that are 100%. You know, Daniel Gorringe lid off the Tupperware in your house. There's no lids on anything anymore. You can do that. I know Lockie's definitely a little bit more like that than me. He was Blues are back two weeks ago. It took me until this week to message him and say the Blues are back, baby. But you can also be a little bit cautious. And I think every approach is right because we're all just feeling how we're feeling right now. And, and that's kind of... What I want to know from you guys, I want to know your thoughts on this game. I want to know your thoughts on everything I've touched on. And where are you with Carlton right now? Do you think that we're back and this is the new Carlton and we're going to see this for the rest of the year and we'll make finals, no worries? Or are you a little bit more cautious? That's what I want to know. It's a it's an interesting perspective, but it's a weird part to be a Carlton supporter right now. And we've, we've put ourselves in a tough position because... We can, you know, and, and I've done my ladder predictor. And I think super bad actually asked a question. How many times have I done the ladder prediction since the game finished? And honestly, I've only done it one more time. And I'm trying not to do it too much because I'll be honest with you. My ladder prediction had us, I think, 11th. And this is the first time because of the result against Port Adelaide that we're in the top eight now. I think we can only really afford to lose two games for the rest of the season. I sort of had penciled those in for Collingwood and Melbourne, but if I'm honest and if I, if we want to be that finals team, I want to beat those teams. I want to not lose a game for the rest of the season because we've set the standard of what we are and that can beat anyone right now. We've got West Coast and I don't want to just gloss over that. I think if you start doing that, maybe you do what Port Adelaide did in this game and you lose sight of it and you, that's the game you drop. But you can't help but look ahead of Collingwood as the 
if we can do it again against West Coast, that's the big challenge again. And my God, if you beat Collingwood, God knows what could happen for the rest of the season. And yeah, so while I'm not, I guess, going, getting too ahead of myself, I think you've just really got to, you know, have that expectation that it's finals this year. We, If we're playing this kind of football, you need to get yourself into finals because you can go deep from that. And boys need the experience. We need that monkey off our back. We can't waste this season now. And even if we miss out and we're playing this football, it's still somewhat of a positive. But we're the Carlton Football Club and we play finals. So that's where I'm at right now. It's maybe not completely confident, but I've set this, I've set the standard for myself. Maybe I've set that goal and I think that's what we need to do. But look, that's that's gonna wrap the episode up. I feel like I babbled on a little bit at the end there, but yeah, wow. It was a hell of a lot of fun to talk about a massive win against Port Adelaide. 50 points. More of this, please, Carlton. Again, look, if you're enjoying the content, make sure to follow the pod wherever you're listening to it on your podcast podcast platform so you never miss an episode if you're watching on youtube and you've liked it hit the like button hit the subscribe so you don't miss out would love to try and get as many subs and maybe get close to a thousand by the end of this year fingers crossed it would be a lot of fun and maybe if we hit the thousand maybe we'll do a little bit of a giveaway i'll have to find something to give away but maybe that's something we can do so i'll set the target let's get to a thousand get it done and i can guarantee that for everyone that is subscribed you'll go into the running for some sort of prize. Me and Lockie can figure that one out. Um, and yeah, head over to the socials, whatever social media platform you like. I haven't really used threads that much, but we're on there if you want it at Navy Blue Corner. All the links to that and the link to um, my appearance on the Blue Broad show will be in the show notes, in the description, all that kind of fun stuff. It'll be in there. Um, and yes, a little bit of admin to finish the podcast. I will make sure that there is a West Coast build-up show. I've been a bit lazy without Lockie being here. He's away in Europe enjoying himself, um, which has meant that I've missed a couple episodes here or there as the build-up ones. But I'll make one 100% the promise to you guys here that the West Coast build-up show will be out later this week. And then next week for the review show, there'll be a guest. It's my fault. I stuffed up. My organization skills are bad. I've got a guest locked in. It will happen. And it'll be hell of a lot of fun to talk about a massive win against the West Coast Eagles. But yes, let me know your thoughts on everything I've covered in this episode. The Blues are bloody back up the baggers. See you guys next time.